All right, it's Monday. There's nothing we can do about it. So let's make the best of it. Let's get through it. We're supposed to get some bad weather later on. And, and, and thank God there's not a Lions preseason game on tonight uh, because Lions fans lost their minds when Fox 2 meteorologist Stephanie Mead, she's somewhat new in town, um, she broke in for, for 45 minutes during the third quarter of a preseason game, and, and, and people were mad. And number one, I was shocked uh, that people were still watching a preseason football game in the third quarter. And I was shocked at how mad they were. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, everyone is just dying to to find out how the fifth round picks and the undrafted free agents um, uh, ran Ben Johnson's offense. But, you know, there, there's 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 lives and property in the way, Parker. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just. I feel like Lions fans, at a certain point, we start thinking, oh, this is the year, this is the year. So we have to watch the preseason games to know that it's really this year that we're going to be good. Yeah, you know, it's it's an inconvenience until it's your house in the way of 60-mile-an-hour winds. But uh, I understand. I understand. People wanted to see how the fourth stringers gelled, and uh, that was taken from them. Um, I, I believe at the time, Troy Farmington Hills Southfield were, were under um, uh, severe storm warning. And, and then Jennifer Hammond, you know, she, she tweeted out that uh, covering severe weather is part of the broadcast company's FCC license agreement. You know what I will say, though, Parker? I will say there were a couple people who made the joke that, uh, oh, my God, even Mother Nature hates the Lions. And, uh, you know, you start thinking, uh-oh, you know, is this is this more of that s- sort of uh, same old Lions bad juju that we're getting bad weather during a preseason game? I mean, I wouldn't put it past Mother Nature, honestly. <laughs> I wouldn't judge her one bit. Right. Especially because she can strike you with a lightning bolt if you make her angry. <laughs> but uh, it's a, I, I, I love y'all still, but I just think you're ridiculous, you know. Oh, no. Well, you know what? If you're in Troy Southfield and Farmington Hills, uh, to hell with the trees in your front yard. I'm trying to see uh, I, I'm trying to see Nate Sudfield get this thing back together. <laughs> anyway, I think the Lions won. Uh, who cares? It's preseason. And uh, news came out that Lomas Brown is going to be joining the Ring of Honor. I'm surprised he's not in the Ring of Honor already. I would have thought he was a uh, multi-time pro bowler. Uh, spent 10 years here in Detroit. Obviously, he went to Tampa Bay to, to have to win his Super Bowl. But then he came back uh, long overdue. Parker, have you seen this video of um, this this plane crash during the Thunder over Michigan air show at Willow Run yesterday? I haven't, but I heard it happened. Yeah, so it was shortly after 4 p.m. Uh, the two pilots flying, It was uh, it's called the MiG-23 aircraft. They ejected from the airplane just minutes before it crashed into, actually seconds before it crashed into the parking lot of the Waverly on the Lake apartment complex in Belleville. Luckily, no injuries reported, but there were some cars that were damaged uh, when the plane crashed into them. There was no, in, uh, there was nobody in them, luckily, and uh, of course they are investigating what happened to the malfunction. Willow Run canceled the remainder of the show. I don't know if these air shows are a great idea. I mean, they're cool, but they, they they seem like they're becoming more and more of a safety risk. I feel like at least once a year, and luckily nobody was hurt here, but at least once a year there's a disaster at these. Yeah, it, 
I feel the same way. At a certain point, I feel like to be more and more entertaining, to be the best air show, like you start sort of doing things that maybe you shouldn't. I'm not exactly sure what caused the crash. I don't know if it was the maneuvers or whatever, but I, I've seen air shows from from the past, old, old ones, and they're not like what you see today. They're slower. They're I don't yeah. know if it's safer because of the technology, but I'd say if we did the same shows with today's aircraft, it would probably be safer. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I mean, it, is it the best use of our resources? I, I don't mean to be a Buzz Killington here, but uh, it just seems like these are happening more and more frequently. Humans really like to do dangerous things for fun, it seems. We like to show off. I Roller think. coasters, like, yeah. come on. Yeah, no. Who thought that was a good idea? No, keep- I agree they're fun. But... Yeah, just keep me on the ground. All right, thank you, Park. I got to f- uh, catch the folks up on what they what else they need to know uh, first thing here. Um, the death toll in the Maui wildfires has reached 96 deaths. Still 1,000 people missing. It's the deadliest wildfire now in U.S. history, surpassing the 2018 campfire in California, which killed 89. Uh, Hawaii Governor Josh Green, he estimates the monetary damage being about $6 billion. And now three law firms has fi- have filed class action lawsuits against Hawaiian Electric. Um, right now, the popular theory is that um, um, some power lines were blown down by the wind onto some dry brush, and that ignited the, the wildfire. That's the popular theory right now. And so this class action lawsuit alleges that uh, a lot of this could have been avoided if Hawaiian Electric um, uh, deactivated their lines in the um, windstorm. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced Friday that he has appointed David Weiss special counsel in a probe of Hunter Biden's business dealings after a plea deal for not paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes and lying about using drugs on a gun form. Uh, That plea deal fell apart last month. David Weiss is the same prosecutor that made that botched plea deal, and he told Attorney General Garland that the investigation has reached the stage um, in which he should continue as special counsel. Some Republicans are criticizing the move as political theater and have voiced concerns over David Weiss, who they say gave Hunter Biden a sweetheart plea deal. Uh, is the special account, special counsel. Former President Donald Trump's legal team was in court Friday when uh, Judge Tanya Chutkin sided with Trump's lawyers, ruling that a protective order sought by special counsel Jack Smith uh, will only cover material that the DOJ determines to be sensitive and not all information exchanged uh, in discovery ahead of Trump's trial for accusations of trying to overturn the 2020 election. Chutkin sided with special counsel Smith, saying that Donald Trump is not to reveal any information or say anything that could be intimidating to witnesses and that she will be uh, scrutinizing Trump's statements and words very carefully. Meanwhile, in Georgia, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis is expecting to present her case, uh, alleging Donald Trump called Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, asking him to find enough bolts votes to pull ahead of Joe Biden. Uh, She is expected to present her case to a grand jury this week. Uh, Two Nigerian nationals are being extradited to Grand Rapids for their role in a sextortion plot uh, that drove a Marquette teenager to suicide. 22-year-old Samuel Agoshi and 20-year-old Samson Agoshi. They're being charged with conspiracy to sexually exploit minors, conspiracy to distribute child pornography, and conspiracy to commit stalking through the Internet. After posing as a teenage girl online, they made contact with 17-year-old Jordan DeMay 
and convinced him to send sexually explicit photos of himself. And then once they had the photos, they told DeMay to pay them or they were going to send the pictures out to people that he knew. Once DeMay paid them what they were asking for, the scammers asked for more money and DeMay ended up killing himself. Uh, Samuel Lagoshi, he's facing additional charges of sexual exploitation and attempted exploitation of a minor resulting in death. That carries a penalty of up to 30 years in jail. U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Michigan, Mark Totten, he says they are working on extraditing a third conspirator. His name is Ezekiel Roberts for his role in the sextortion plot that drove DeMay to kill himself. And uh, good news for Michigan football fans. Jim Harbaugh will be on the sidelines against the murderer's row. That is East Carolina, uh, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers after a tentative deal to suspend him for the first four games of the season was not approved by the NCAA. It's first thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. And it's a huge day on JR morning today as uh, Guy Gordon, Nick Roddy, and Lloyd Jackson join me from uh, Indian Wood Country Club for the 42nd annual March of Dimes Classic. Good morning, gents. So, Guy, uh, tell us a little bit about this this March of Dimes Classic. I know you took over uh, for Frank Beckman, who um, uh, who was involved in uh, this this golf outing for decades, and uh, the uh, the torch was passed on to you. Yeah, for for thirty eight years, uh, Frank did a marvelous job chairing this event for the March of Dimes. Um, we're back out at Indywood Country Club, which is where it all began. I played in it for for many years at, at Frank's invitation. He, he would invite out. Uh, what so-called celebrities to play golf and a lot of i was one of the non-sports celebrities but it was always a lot of fun and i think a lot of us took it very seriously because it's a way to pay it forward as a father or grandfather when you say you know i am so blessed to have healthy kids but there are so many families that don't have similar blessings and this is just a way to say look um, we want to make sure that we have as many babies born healthy in this uh, community as we possibly can. And Sally, that's just not the case. We lose, you know. Think of this: you 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 pack the uh, pack the U of M Stadium, one hundred thousand strong, with uh, pregnant women. Twenty three of those women will lose their lives. Wow! As a result of their pregnancy, pregnancy related complications, and sixty percent of those complications are preventable. And that's really what the March of Dimes is all about and what we're going to be doing today. This this event has raised $6.5 million since its inception. I've only been at it for, for four years, but, you know, I, I've spent the last three weeks with my grandkids, and it just every day uh, I just thank God that we're, we're so lucky that they didn't have the complications that so many families had. A lot of it is access. Uh, as well, even in the urban or in the rural areas, there's ac- you know access issues. Yeah, well. transportation issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, pregnant moms just can't get to the prenatal care That's that, right. that they need. That could have spotted some of these things like preeclampsia and other things yes. uh, earlier. And you know, in, in this day and age, it's just unacceptable that we would have this kind of a third world maternal mortality number in the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, that's so what here, we're looking to prevent. here's to another six million uh, to raise um, over the next however many years. Yeah, uh, we're going to be talking to some of our sponsors. They obviously are key uh, to this event, and uh, we, we really look forward to that. And so far, the weather's cooperating. We may see some storms around four o'clock, which means our our chip off contest may be in jeopardy. But you know, <laughs> just I'll call hold, fast. I'll, that's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold a two iron over my head because as Lee Trevino once said, even God can't hit a two iron. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were volunteering to be the lightning rod. I said, "Wow, that 
that is going above well, and beyond as host I, I, of this I would. Event. I absolutely would. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you know, spe- speaking of uh, unforeseen circumstances, uh, where was everybody 20 years ago? As today is the 20-year anniversary of the great blackout of 2003, where uh, 45 million people in the Northeast and 10 million people in Ontario lost power for up to four days when a software bug hit the control room of First Energy in Akron. I remember I was working at uh, one of the only pizza places in Sterling Heights that had a gas oven, so we were able to stay oh. open, and I, I made bank. Oh, <laughs> you, you and the chicken shack on Woodward <laughs> in Royal Oak. Oh, they were yeah, a main competition, yeah. yes. They, right. they, had, uh, they had a big generator. Yes, they so. did. Oh yeah, no. I was in the anchor chair when it went when everything went dark. Yeah, I thought so. Broadcasting to God only knows who because was, we didn't have power. Yeah. I was going to say, were you just yelling out the window? I, that probably would have been more <laughs> yeah. more effective. Our top story tonight. I could have done a Garrett Morris thing. Hey, power's out, everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, I was at Jr. Uh, back then, you know, uh, anchoring and being a news reporter as well. And when the power went out, so you know, we were you know a lot of people depended on us. You know, and there wasn't a whole lot of you know. There was obviously nine one one issues. There was uh, emergency issues. There was this notion of well, the powers always come back on quickly. What's wrong? Right. And we didn't have answers. I mean, we didn't have answers for several days, really, well, as to what 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 happened with this cascading effect. Well, what was something? You know, when we're sitting in the newsroom and you have what they call the squawk box uh, from uh, ABC New York, and they're telling us, you know. Um, that the power is out in New York and the power is out here. Because at first we just thought it was a Michigan deal. Or right. Just, you know, but when they started talking about the other places, we said, oh, boy, what is this? We thought it was some kind of terrorist. Well, and this was this was on the heels of 9-11. It right? was, it was less you know, than two years after, right? Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. this idea of the, some kind of cyber terrorism That's or something right. like that was very real and in the front of people's minds. My wife was down in Lexington, Kentucky with my daughter. And I called her and I said, you got to come home. There's a power outage. She says, well, we have power out here, so I'm I won't be home. coming home. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's funny because, you know, there were certain pockets here in Michigan that had power. I guess the UP was unaffected. Grand Rapids. I went and visited my mom in Grand Rapids. I packed up the kids. I had a couple days off coming anyway, so I packed up my two boys. And uh, we went to visit Grandma because she had power and we hung out there and 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 then came home later that week. The other thing is is that we we uh, were wondering whether or not we could do the Dream Cruise at Channel 7. Oh, that's mm. right. Whether or not the Dream Cruise would come off. And it's like, well, you know, you, you run cars on gasoline, but gasoline pumps run on electricity. Uh, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And somehow yeah. it still managed to come off. And it was something that was a nice distraction, as I recall. We did a lot of grilling. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So we did. we tried to bake brownies on the barbecue On the grill? grill? Yeah. Yeah, burned at the bottom, raw at the top. Yeah, did not so how work. Did that turn out? They were yeah. Yeah, we'll, won't, won't be doing that again soon. <laughs> well, you had nothing else to do. The power is out. I, I remember. I mean, some <laughs> people. I, I got my power back pretty quickly. I think I was without power for less than forty-eight hours. So I was one of the first ones back up online. And son of a. Every, every time my power goes out, I'm like, oh god, I got my power back sooner during the 2003 election than because of this windstorm i mean a 2003 power outage uh, instead of this windstorm so it, it's it, it's kind of amazing how quickly i got it back yeah what, what's amazing is that we haven't had one since thank the lord knock on wood all right uh jr morning coming up after the news
Well, we touched a bit on this on Friday. Healthcare is now among the most dangerous professions, with three out of four non-fatal workplace injuries being in the healthcare field. And this is according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Koki Giles, National Nurse United Hospital's vice president, talks to Sean Belegian on JR Afternoon. One of the biggest reasons is um, I've been a nurse over 40 years, and you're right. This is a, a, a new uh, a new uh, statistic for us. This is not something that we're very happy with or very um, pleased with. Uh, there's a lot of factors, but probably the, the most important one is um, the staffing levels that um, for years, even before the pandemic, um, labor costs in a lot of businesses are, are a big part of what cuts into profit. And nurses carry a big load because you have to have nurses of adequate numbers in order to staff a hospital. And when the numbers go down, not because they went around firing people, but when people got done to retirement, injury, moving, they just didn't replace them. So for years, we've we've been working with, in a lot of places, bare bones staffing. And if you can picture in a in a facility that maybe even a small facility that only has two people working on a floor some nights when there should be three and four, you only have to have a little bit go wrong. And, you know, if patients are waiting and waiting and waiting to have their pain meds brought or or to have somebody answer some of their needs, even as much, even as little as needing help to the bathroom, and there's nobody to do that. You see anxieties, you see anger, you see aggressiveness, and that's what that's what we're seeing. And it's depressing I mean, it's, just hearing you say this. I, you know, Koki, I can't imagine. And once again, uh, Koki Giles, uh, Vice President, National Nurses United. Uh, Koki, it's not that long ago, uh, from from my perspective, that I, I think. You in the hospitals, the nurses, the doctors, you guys were the front line. You were being hailed as heroes because we were all dealing with something that none of us had seen before. And how did we go from that time that doesn't seem like that long ago to where things are at today? Well, again, like I want to mention, this this was happening before the pandemic. Sure. What happened when when the pandemic hit is people... Well, number one, we lost thousands of nurses to 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 the pan, to the pandemic. They died. Mm. They died because we were not given adequate um, personal protection, protective equipment. We were overworked. We were in many places told to come into work even if we were infected. And you know, I think what's happened is a lot of nurses came to the realization that it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it anymore. And as long as they were going to keep the staffing levels at that level. But think back to when you had people looking through windows at their loved one because they weren't allowed to come into the hospital to spend the last few hours with their loved one. That raised an awful lot of anxiety, anger. And, you know, people feel emboldened now to act out their unhappiness with rules and the way things are going and I'm not wearing a mask when I come in and I'm just coming in and you know that's that's what we've seen society doing and I just I want to tell you if right now in this country 
we have a million nurses that have active licenses that could be working, and they choose not to because they cannot work. A lot of places are 12-hour shifts. turns out to be 15 by the time you finish. No, no breaks no breaks for meals, no breaks to go to the bathroom. Um, nobody should have to work like that. And that's what they're mm-hmm. expecting the so-called heroes to put up with. It is depressing. Some of the numbers, and, and sadly, I'm sure you're aware of this, about three in four non-fatal workplace violence injuries involved workers in the healthcare and social work world in 2020. That's the most recent year for which these statistics are, are available. Koki, what would you want to tell people out there? We we have a big audience here in Detroit, a, a big transmitter. We, we're going all over the place. What would you tell people out there from your perspective? Well, from my perspective, I would say um, we have been trying very hard to uh, get a national national bills because i'll tell you i i work in a little in a small uh, medium hospital in bangor maine but you shouldn't have to go hospital to hospital to get these types of protections we're asking what is it's the workplace violence workplace violence protection and that would that would be an osha directed plan that would you know make the hospitals Give us, give us some tools to use so that we can prepare ourselves. But on top of that, the most important thing, and it comes in that same bill, is doing mandated safe staffing. Of those million nurses that are not working, they would come back to the bedside if they had better working conditions, as in more nurses working. That is what this, that's what we're saying. It, it happened when California got their bill in, in the early 2000s, and they had people flocking back to take positions. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a House and Senate bill both. We've had it there year after year, and that would be the biggest help is to get this passed in one fell swoop. Mm. Koki, I, I, I'll add this from my own sentiment to anybody out there. Chill out. The easiest thing in the world is to be nice. And these uh, fine people are just doing their job. I am so sorry that you have to put up with this, uh, Koki. Uh, hopefully, as you said, uh, this is something that, that we can rectify in the near future because, uh, you know, this is one of those things. You don't need a nurse until you need a nurse. And, uh, my gosh, to hear people staying away, that, that just sends chills down the spine. No doubt about that. Koki, anything um, else before we let you go? Yeah, yeah I want to tell you, um, you know, as we get older, we will all, unless you die, tragical, tragical tragic death somehow, we're all going to end up needing a hospital or needing a nurse. And I'm telling you right now, Every every day that goes by that we don't do something active, proactive, we're not going to have young people coming into the nursing profession or the social uh, social services protection because it's not just us; it's it's, it's all of us in there. Um, so yeah, it, unless you want to come and see, there's no hospital in your in your town and your vicinity, you know, nobody to help you at all. That's what will happen. 
Well said. Uh, Koki Giles, we wish you nothing but the best of VP National Nurses United. Thanks for the perspective and hopefully the the reality check for a lot of people out there as well. Coming up on First Thing with Mike Parsons, we'll reset some of the uh, top headlines of the day and get you ready for JR Morning. It's First Thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. I know it sounds like a bad music festival, but it is uh, Probapalooza in Washington, D.C., uh, starting with former President Trump. He has been thrice thrice probed and thrice indicted with a fourth one uh, most likely coming very soon as Fulton County D.A. out in Georgia, Fonnie Willis, um, is going to be presenting her case to a grand jury about um, former President Donald Trump uh, trying to overturn election results in Georgia itself. Um, And then we get word on Friday that Attorney General Merrick Garland um, has appointed David Weiss special counsel in a probe of Hunter Biden's business dealings after that plea deal for not paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes and lying about using drugs on a gun form fell apart late last month. Now, Weiss is the same prosecutor that made the um, botched plea deal, uh, and he told Attorney General Garland that, the investigation has reached a stage in which he should continue as special counsel. Uh, some Republicans are criticizing this move as political theater, and they're also concerned that uh, David Weiss um, is the special counsel here because he was the one who they say gave Hunter Biden a sweetheart deal. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of authority David Weiss has now that he didn't have before as prosecutor in Delaware. And uh, I'm also wondering, is this investigation going to be strictly about unpaid taxes and lying on gun forms? Or are they going to be looking into uh, uh, these Burisma allegations and allegations that he was selling access to his dad, Joe Biden, when he was vice president? Um, So uh, I guess we will see. Five House Democrats led by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wrote a letter to the Department of Justice Friday as well, urging an investigation into Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and gifts that uh, he's received from wealthy donors during his time on the bench. Late last week, ProPublica released a report showing that Thomas had been gifted 38 luxury trips among another uh, among a number of other lavish perks on top of personal business deals and gifts he received from close friend Harlan Crow. And uh, remember, those were a hot topic of discussion earlier this year. Five lawmakers, they pointed out a rule that said federal judges had to disclose gifts of more than $1,000, while Clarence Thomas maintains that he sought guidance early in his tenure that said Supreme Court justices do not have to disclose personal hospitality they receive from individuals who do not have business in front of the uh, Supreme Court. Um, I myself would just uh, maybe settle for some binding ethic rules uh, that the Supreme Court justices have to abide by, like uh, uh, just about every other level of government. Former President Trump's legal team was in court Friday when Judge Tanya Chechkin sided with Trump's lawyers, ruling that a protective order sought by special counsel Jack Smith will only cover material that the DOJ determines to be sensitive and not all information exchanged in discovery ahead of Trump's trial for accusations of trying to overturn the 2020 election in the United States. Chechkin uh, also sided with special counsel Jack Smith, saying that Donald Trump is not to reveal any information or say anything that could be intimidating to witnesses and that she will be scrutinizing Donald Trump's statements and words very carefully. 
Uh, back to what's going on in Georgia. A top Republican official says he will testify before a grand jury investigating election interference in the state's 2020 election. Fox News' Matt Napolitano reports. These potential charges are stemming from alleged criminal behavior related to the 2020 election here in Georgia. Georgia's former Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan has confirmed that he will testify before a Fulton County grand jury on Tuesday. The Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, has been investigating whether Trump and his associates broke state laws when they allegedly tried to overturn Trump's loss here in Georgia in 2020, with Trump placing that now infamous phone call to Georgia's Secretary of State asking him to find votes. Trump faces potential RICO laws here in Georgia. Trump has been increasing his attacks against the DA, posting on his truth social media, quote, I made a perfect phone call of protest. The death toll in the uh, Hawaiian wildfires is now up to 96, with uh, 1,000 people still will- missing. It is now the deadliest wildfire in U.S. history. Hawaiian Governor Josh Green estimates that uh, the monetary damage from the fire is about uh, six billion dollars and three law firms uh, filed class action lawsuits against uh, Hawaiian Electric alleging they could have de-energized the power lines uh, during the high windstorm and a lot of this could have been avoided. Tense moments yesterday afternoon when an airplane went down during the Thunder over Michigan air show at Willow Run Airport in Ypsilanti. Shortly after 4 p.m. the two pilots who were flying the MiG-23 aircraft ejected from the plane uh, before it crashed into the parking lot of a nearby apartment complex, Waverly on the lake. Luckily, no injuries have been reported, but there was damage done um, to some of the vehicles in that parking lot when the plane crashed into them. Uh, No word yet on what led to the malfunction, and Willow Run canceled the remainder of the air show, um, obviously. Stellantis's lead executive in North America, Mark Stewart, reacted to UAW President Sean Fain throwing the company's initial offer in the trash on Facebook Live last week. Uh, I think you remember this. So I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, when we get things like this from the company and they want to sit there and talk about they're not asking for concessions or looking for concessions, everything they're looking for in this document is about concessions. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do with, with their proposal. I'm going to file it in its proper place because that's where it belongs, the trash, because that's what it is. Stewart published a letter to Slanis employees on a company website Friday uh, to give their side of the negotiations. And uh, he writes, the theatrics and personal insults will not help us reach an agreement that continues our proud history of providing good wages and benefits to our employees and maintaining Stellantis's ability to be competitive in the market. These negotiations are critical and require cool heads and a focus on reality from everyone involved. Seward continues to say, uh, agreeing to Mr. Fain's demands could endanger our ability to make decisions in the future that provide job security for our employees. This is a losing proposition for all of us, employees, families, and customers. Uh, some of the UAW demands are a four-day work week, an end to the multi-tiered wage system, and a 46% wage increase. Two Nigerian nationals are being extradited to Grand Rapids for their role in a sex in a sextortion plot that drove a Marquette teenager to suicide. 22-year-old Samuel Agoshi and 20-year-old Samson Agoshi are being charged with conspiracy to sexually exploit minors, conspiracy to distribute child pornography, and conspiracy to commit stalking through the Internet after posing as a teenage girl online, 
making contact with 17-year-old Jordan DeMay of Marquette and convincing him to send them sexually explicit photos of himself. Now, once they had those photos, they told DeMay that they need to pay him or pay them or they are going to send the pictures out to people he knew. Once DeMay paid the scammers what they were asking for, they asked for more money and DeMay ended up killing himself. Samuel Agoshi is also being charged with sexual exploitation and attempted exploitation of a minor resulting in death, which carries a penalty of up to 30 years in jail. U.S. Attorney for the Western District of Michigan, Mark Totten, says they are working on extraditing a third conspirator for his role in the sextortion plot that drove Jordan DeMay to end his own life. First thing with Mike Parsons on WJR.